0: Ho, 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 and welcome to the Gridiron Show. Apparently, it's a Christmas special. This is uh, brand new information to me. Otherwise, I would have worn the 49ers Christmas jumper that I wore during last week's show. Instead, you've got me in a lovely 80s number uh, instead for the show. This week, uh, Will Gavin, Simon Clancy, and joining us, I nearly called you by your screen name you've got there, Michael McQuaid uh, from Pro Football Island, and, of course, a part of the Gridiron team here. Uh, Gents... Merry Christmas just a few days away are we already prepared shopping bought family trips planned all kind of you know squirreled away and ready to go
1: I mean I've wrapped everything already I mean I don't know what's wrong with me I mean, who have I become it's this is the weirdest Christmas of all time I've bought everything wrapped everything just sitting back and lighting a cigar
0: I, I mean, I hope literally uh, that no, that's going to be because yes. I just have a full image of you, particularly as a Miami fan, going full kind of Tony Montana, big old <laughs> cigar in the go, white suit of Christmas, that's, surrounded by palm trees. Like That's me. How, are you, you, you know me too well, Will.
1: We've known each other a long time and you finally
2: nailed me down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I miss the manual, Will, for the jumpers. I, I do have a jumper here. Uh, but I'm not wearing it after the season that we've had, so I'm just going to leave this Broncos jumper here and hope that uh, hopefully they beat the Super Bowl champions on Sunday, which is going to be a classic, of course. Uh, it is uh, it is funny that I'm
0: at the point with uh, your fandom, that I'd almost forgotten you were a Broncos fan because it's been so long since you mentioned it.
2: It's been, uh, let's just say if I had to give him a present this year, and we will talk about this for the crack in a bit, I, I don't want to give him anything apart from a $245 million check. Can I ask you a
1: genuinely serious question, Mike? Did you Open. think in any realm that this season would be as bad as it had be? That's question one, and in question, question two or 1A is what were your realistic expectations? I mean, were you genuinely thinking like Super Bowl?
2: I will never forget. Say so I, I was driving back from work in March, Phone popped. Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers contract extension. Oh, big news today. Two hours later, Russell Wilson. I thought we were going to win the Super Bowl. Wow, as like we're winning the whole thing here, and everyone got into momentum. Then you know you hear rumblings of a London game, so it was all coming together. And it's been some, it's been some season. <laughs> Say the you, least. Now
1: four and nine, four and <laughs> Four and, four and ten. Four, games four, and, out, ten.
2: four, four, four and ten. And um, wow. I, I personally, and this is interesting for Christmas Day, I, I don't think Russell Wilson should play the rest of the season. I think he should just sit him and let him. He, he was at a casino last weekend chilling out. I don't wow. know if you've seen that meme. What do you. Um, just, what do you. Casinos in Colorado, is that a thing? I think there's like one big massive one. I can't remember what it's called <laughs> now, but there is a, a, a lovable meme that's circulating on the internet of Russell Wilson sitting.
1: What do you think like, you need? to get you to the level that I mean is it a complete overhaul is it new head coach is it new scheme is it new quarterback I mean what's the
2: I mean it's not like you have any picks so laughing. well yeah like I mean Seattle are sitting what second in the draft or third in the draft I mean, yeah. it's an absolute joke and um, if you had asked me this time last year I would have said that we were a quarterback away and I think everybody would have said that or very close to that and now it's like where do you start like I would love to sit here and say that Russell Wilson will come in next year and be the guy. I, I don't think he will be. I think Hackett needs to go. I think Hackett will be the first lad gone in two weeks' time after week 18. And it starts from there. I mean, you've got a, a defense that's being wasted. You need. I think you need another wide receiver. You need another you need another addition to the offensive line. Alex Singleton's contract's up at the end of the year as well. He's had a decent season. I mean, there's, it's, it's a complete overhaul. And if you look at that division with the AFC West and the Raiders and the Chargers, they're only going to get better next year on the Chiefs. So I'm depressing myself in the Christmas special here. Even thinking the thing about is,
1: it. I actually think you've got a lot of good players. Satan and Justin Simmons and the kid from Ohio, Baron Browning. And, you know, there's definitely pieces there. The offensive line, you've got injuries. Javonta Williams, obviously injured kind of feels like Jerry Judy's just never going to be anything, it, you know, and, that, and that's a massive, I think the loss of Tim Patrick was huge. Um, you know, I do think there's, I do think you get, a, you know, a decent head coach in and I, I think you could be primed for a quick turnaround, but a lot of it is dependent on how, how Wilson returns.
0: It, I, I, we do have to say, I know we were saying specific to Denver here, but we did go into this season going, oh, with the way that the Chargers have tooled up on defense, with the way that the Broncos have got a new quarterback. You know, even the Raiders, who had that great run in at the end of last season, with which Passacha coming in and, and taking them to the playoffs. Plus, all we all know about the Chiefs. Put every single AFC West game on prime time. Give us all of them shows. Yeah, it, there is. There are two teams with a winning record. And one of them is only barely in a wild card spot.
2: Like
0: I, I, I feel like as we kind of look forward to the rest of the season, I do look at the Chargers running with the Colts, Rams, and Broncos, and think, you know, they should win out and they should get a wild card spot there. That so two teams out of the AFC West. At least we got something right with it. But there are two teams who are walking away from the year just feeling incredibly down. But maybe not you know, maybe the Raiders win out and maybe we just end up with just the Broncos feeling bad because at least the Raiders gave us an incredibly special Christmas present this past weekend with a play that I genuinely think we'll be laughing about in 20 to 30 years time because I I just Jacoby Myers having the brain fart of all brain farts. You know, there are very few occasions where somebody in sport really makes a Really, really makes a mistake that appalling that you just look at it and think, yeah, that's that's what your legacy is now. You could catch two touchdowns in a Super Bowl in two years' time, and people will still remember that you threw that pass to Chandler Jones to take it in for the game-winning touchdown where the game should have been going to overtime. Just sensational stuff.
1: What, what what I think is really great is that over the past twenty years or so, we've been uh, we've all had to bear witness to the Patriots. You know running roughshod over the rest of the NFL and Brady and Belichick and all that sort of thing. But I'm going to hearten myself with the knowledge that somewhere out there is a fan who was at the game on Sunday and was also at the Miami Miracle Game where Kenyon Drake scored the end of the game touchdown. And that's going
0: to make (laughs) me really happy until the day I die. I mean, it is is J.R. Smith uh, equivalent just Mm. of of somebody just – forgetting that the game is tied and just, I just, I love that afterwards he kind of admitted it was hero ball. And actually what was quite funny is Josh McDaniels, even in his post-game press conference, almost offended Belichick and and kind of came in and said, like, he'd moved back into Patriots mode briefly by saying, yeah, yeah, there's no way that's what they were running. We could tell they weren't lining up to do some lateraling. We knew what they were doing. Chandler Jones, for a guy who... All the Patriots fans said, you know, this guy is, is obviously talented, but freelances too much, doesn't fit our defence. Having a quiet kind of Hall of Fame level career with the number of sacks he's got, to have that moment against his former team as well. Well, basically, he's just sat back there knowing that the play's already dead and waiting to go to overtime. Suddenly sees the ball sailing across the field. And not only that, but he gets to just stiff arm Mac Jones into next season and I I just loved it what was great was
1: he told Peter King that actually he was watching what was happening and then he said that the only person that was still open open was Mac Jones he just thought I'm just gonna go stand in front of him because you never know and why wouldn't they throw it back to the quarterback after all but it's not going to happen and then he said you know when I saw the ball in the air it was like I mean he didn't say this verbatim, but essentially just like seeing a beach ball coming towards me. And then can we just talk about the Mac Jones tackle? Because I think that be almost <laughs> <What> <laughs> <we're> calling it. <laughs> I think that was more egregious than the actual pass from Jacoby Myers in many respects. I mean, the pass is bad, but you still have the opportunity just to make the tackle because you're right there. But it was like a, it was like watching a small baby trying to tackle giant haystacks. It was unbelievable. <laughs> it was so bad. And actually he has been. He has been so bad this season, and uh, you know I think you talk about offensive coordinators and Matt Patricia and Joe Judge and play calling, which has obviously been horrendous. But
2: the Mac Jones regression has been astonishing, like astonishing. I genuinely yeah. think. Will, if if you're on your deathbed and you have regrets, one regret that I will have in my life will be not seeing Bill Belichick's face on the camera in the minute that play yeah. happened. Ox should have cut so, straight to him in the so, so saddening. But then they didn't oh, have enough totally. cameras, did they? I guess that's a whole different discussion. So, there's a great shot of um, there's a great
1: shot of a cat photo of when Myers is just throwing the ball back, and Matt Patricia's back behind him, and he's shouting something at him, like, but he's like this going. It's very <laughs> funny. <laughs> it, it, had a kind of a if you could uh, if you can capture this, it's you know you win a prize.
0: It is amazing that we're at the point that. <laughs> You know, there are two two things that stand out about that. I mean, Mike just made a gag about it, but the fact that that catch was so clearly out of bounds and yet not overturned, and the fact there weren't enough camera angles to show it. I think two things: one, that is saddening that we then didn't get to see the Bill Belichick angle, and maybe that is something to do with the not enough cameras in that incredibly mm-hmm. modern stadium. But also that even three years into this Patriots gradual decline and collapse there is still so little sympathy for that organization i wonder if ever that will come back like if there's ever because there are people now who turn around and say you know uh, manchester united i'd quite like them to get good again because at least you know no there are definitely neutrals there are people like as a liverpool fan as you know you neutrals who have no skin in the game who want to see the league being more competitive like the idea of Man United and Man City competing with Liverpool for a title I'm still very much not in that camp as a neutral and I think the Patriots I mean Bill Belichick will have to have retired by at least five years before I get on board with the Patriots being an underdog again
1: it can't be long for Belichick I don't think I mean realistically does he want to be part of this rebuild I mean Robert Kraft is what 82 I mean at what point do you You know what's Belichick 70 you know, this is not a quick. Yeah. This to me doesn't look like a quick fix. I mean, they've got pieces on defense, obviously Judon and Josh Uche and Carl Duggar, and but Jonathan Jones is a free agent. He's thirty one anyway, so or twenty nine anyway. So, um, and offensively, they look a mile away. Obviously, the running game is good. The offensive line's okay, but you know, the receiving core—they spent all that money on the all those money on the tight ends—and they've been a complete letdown. Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry, the quarterback just looks, you know, absolutely bottom tier in terms of bottom third of the league. So it'll be interesting to see what what the, the long-term decision is and whether or not Belichick decides to walk at the end of this season or, you know, it would be um, – I think it would be fascinating to see what happens
0: in New England. Do you think – I can't imagine going that quick. I think there's going to be a big coaching overhaul, but I don't, I'm not buying that he's going to go out the door. Do,
1: you, Warriors, yeah. do you think he realistically looks at that roster, Mike, and thinks, oh, this we can turn this around in, in two seasons –
2: I think, I mean, how many wins is he off the record? I know, I'm not saying he's going to get the wins with the team that he currently, or the roster that he currently has. I remember having this conversation a few months ago. I, I think he'll go for a couple more years, and I think he may be at the point now where he's just just sort of turning up and doing it. I mean, the whole Mac Jones thing, to hear what people had to say about him last year and to see not just the way he plays this season, but also his attitude, I think that's the most concerning thing for me. Like, I mean, the lad is... Shouting and screaming like a baby on the sideline and on the field, and it's just annoying. I don't know. Like, I mean, I think I I don't think this will be the last season for Belichick, but I think we are definitely coming to the end. Like, one he's, still, he's still
0: he's <clears> still <throat> thirty one
2: wins <throat> off the record, yeah. right? Shuler <laughs> on three two
0: eight, <laughs> Halas on three eighteen, Belichick on two nine seven. Realistically, with this team, he needs to play for four more seasons, yeah. at least three, but probably four more seasons if he's going to catch that record. Oh, I'm not quite I, I'm not buying it I'm afraid
1: they've definitely got pieces you know talk about them on defense <clears throat> especially you know jack Jones they had a really good rookie class jack Jones Marcus Jones the loss of Christian barmore has been huge the defensive tackle with injury so there's definitely pieces there but <clears throat> I don't know I don't know i just um I just wonder how much it could be. obviously he isn't mailing it in but it has felt slightly weird this season not just some of the situational football issues but the coaching decisions and the sort of the the, just the mentality of just sticking your head in the sand and just expecting everything to get better when patently it's not getting better and the play calling has been so bad but they're not doing anything about it and historically he would have been the first to take over play calling or to change things up or to move people around or those sorts of things but it hasn't happened that's part of the reason why I just feel like you know, does he not? Does he care anymore? Of course, he cares. But does he have it in him to to really push back and think that he can win something else and uh, and win another Super Bowl? Because to me, I don't think that's a Super Bowl caliber team in the next couple of seasons. And at that point, you know, you're getting towards seventy five, and, and you know, what's the point?
0: Yeah. Uh, look, I um, I didn't expect to talk about the Patriots for as long as this on what's meant to be a Christmas special, but I guess reveling <laughs> this in this is in joy. The- all year long,
2: talking about the Patriots <laughs> <suffering>. <laughs> this, is, this is
0: the all on the tree. Oh, God. Uh, I, I, this first question that's been put in here by Michael is the cheesiest thing that anyone's uh, ever put into <laughs> a into into a, a running order, but I'll ask it anyway. Let's go round the, round the horn. I feel like you've maybe already answered this for the Denver Broncos, Michael, but if Santa could give you one gift this year
2: for your team, what would it be? I'll, I'll I'll do my team and I'll do another team. I, I have sort of answered it but I'll I'll give a different spin. They announced last week about this one hundred million dollar stadium renovation. Um Nah. Like you can't polish a third. Like I mean the stadium is alright, like but it was built in the late nineties. They need a new stadium. Knock that stadium down. Playing Boulder for three years and it's downtown, it's perfect. It's the best location in the league. That'll be my one. Obviously the other one will be the whole cap hit. The Waltons are worth Twenty to thirty billion dollars, just convince the NFL to just wipe off Russell Wilson's salary and start again <laughs> could be one. And then finally, um, if it wasn't my team, I would give the Patriots the gift of some sort of behavior counselor for Mac Jones' behavior. He's screaming too much every time he screams or yells at a coach. He should be given a five minute head to sit in the bench and just be. <laughs> uh, he's annoying me at the minute, and I, I can only imagine you're putting, you're putting him on the naughty step. <laughs> I'm putting them on an oddly step, but I, I, I genuinely cannot wait to hear what Sai has to say about Cliff Kingsbury. I mean that that has to be his Christmas gift, surely, yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean,
2: the the
1: fact that Kingsbury's even making it to Christmas is astonishing, but um <clears throat> but the great news with the Kingsbury is that he's gonna be fired at the end of the season, so so that's good. Um, if I could have a Christmas gift for Miami, I, it would be twofold. It would be one, and a sort of serious note would be to the ability to get off the field on third down and especially third and long. I mean, third and long just killed us all season long. Defense has actually played pretty well, especially when you consider all the players that are injured on the back end. But again, on Saturday night, just, you know, the, the Bills converting at third and 23 on a critical drive. Um, you know, the Dolphins leading eight with eight minutes left, leading by eight with eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. And... and you know the Bills had a they had a second and twenty three again at like their own ten yard line and converted that as well on a drive down the field that just seemed inevitable that they they would keep the field goal or score a touchdown to win the game so that would be one and then the second would just be look it's been a long time since we won a playoff game it's been a long time since we've been in the playoffs so to get into the tournament itself would be amazing and to win a playoff game would. You know, that would just be, I'd love to win a playoff game and get into the divisional round. Because actually, look, I don't fear Tennessee. I think Miami would beat Tennessee even on the road. I don't fear Jacksonville. I don't fear, um, I think we'd beat the Chargers in a rematch. Um, I don't fear, I mean, you know, Buffalo, obviously, great team. Kansas City, you know, Cincinnati, those three are the teams you probably fear. But the rest of the teams in the AFC that would get into the playoffs I think the Dolphins would be um, on any given day, even on the road. So, but to win a playoff game would just be that I would be an absolutely happy man at that point. And, you know, who knows what would happen at that point? You know, you go on the road to Kansas City, you go on the road to Buffalo, you know, stranger things have happened.
2: So, we talk about the NFL, but have you ever experienced the NFL in its natural state, live and in person in America, surrounded by tens of thousands of screaming, partisan fans after spending hours beforehand in the car park outside the stadium enjoying a cold beer maybe one or two as the smell of barbecue and tailgate food wafts deliciously through the air. If not or if you have and you fancy doing it again well touchdown trips Folks, are the experts in creating amazing travel packages for your favorite NFL team. And when we say amazing, we mean it. The guys and the girls at Touchdown Trips put fans first and are passionate. The fans who book with them get a proper, unforgettable, and more importantly, a unique NFL experience. You don't just get tickets, but an authentic pre-game tailgate with local fans. College fan? You want to go to a college game? Stadium tour? Why not? As well as all that... They include flights from across the UK, they've got fantastic hotels and anything else you may want to add such as an NBA game or an NHL game or a local excursion to create truly bespoke packages that are more importantly at all protected and ABTA bonded. So, if you're thinking of going to a game this season or next and just want to get in touch, give the team at Touchdown Trips a shout today at touchdowntrips.com. Check them out on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash trips, or Twitter at touchdown trips. Touchdown trips, you have to see it to believe it.
0: Uh, We, of course, already have uh, the Bills and the Chiefs in the playoffs, and we've got three of our four division winners in the NFC already, in the Eagles, Vikings, 49ers. Cowboys got him this past weekend. Uh, So, yeah, the AFC race, as we expected, is the one that's going to be more intriguing, although those kind of... Those in the hunt NFC uh, wildcard teams, it could get pretty ugly. I'm I kind of, you know, I'm really hopeful for a resurgent Lions to get in there. I think that would be really good fun. I watched Washington Giants live on Sunday night, and so I can you know, happily see neither of those teams make it in, but I think one of them's bound to get in in the other wildcard spot behind the Cowboys, and obviously. I suspect the Buccaneers probably win the NFC South at this point. Although, I, I, I mean, my Christmas wish for the league is that, that we have a new rule that if there is a division winner with a losing record, their place gets swapped out for an extra wildcard berth. Yeah, I There's, agree. No one should ever go to the playoffs <laughs> with a losing record. It's happened a couple of times before. The Seahawks did it. The Panthers did it. And actually, the record in uh, wildcard games for division winners with a losing record is good. The Panthers won and the Seahawks won as a team with a losing record. but. yeah. Yeah, I, don't, I can't see the Bucs doing I'd that. Love to, I'd love solution. to see Detroit get in. And,
1: and they've got three winnable games, Panthers, um, Packers and Bears. You know, I, I think that that would be fantastic. They're playing great football. It was great for them. That, that was a great win at the weekend over the Jets. And it would be, good, you know...
0: As as well as that, everyone's been going after their defense. They've been really good against the run the last four or five weeks, like really good. They still need to, you know, stop big plays downfield. And as we saw, even a quarterback who is not really a quarterback in Zach Wilson managed to make some ridiculous big plays downfield close out that game and almost bring the Jets back into it. But yeah, I am.
1: They're not not too many pieces away on defense either. They've got, you know, Jeff Okuda starting to play like the third overall pick. Kirby Joseph has played really well at safety. They're probably one, you know, another really good corner and and an athletic linebacker away from being a really good force on that, on that defense. You know, probably another player, rotational player on the, you know, an edge rusher as well. Because offensively, you know, the offensive line is as good as it gets in the league. They can run the ball pretty well. You'd probably still, you know, I think DeAndre Swift's probably a sort of a, you know, a number two kind of back. Another receiver to add into the mix would be would be good. But, you know, they're not
2: that far away, the Lions.
1: They're so well coached, great support, great stadium. It would be great
2: to see them in the playoffs. Talk about getting a Christmas gift a couple, like last year, Will, uh, going from Matt Patricia to... Dan Campbell, if if you told Dan Campbell when they were at 1-6 that they could potentially be going to Lambo in if maybe at this point flexed game on week 18 when you are in the playoffs, I mean that is going to great. I would love
0: that to be Sunday night football, by the way, but I don't, I don't think the Packers are going to get that far. I uh, I was glad to watch Monday night football at the time we're having this conversation, but somebody may have already spoiled the result. I won't spoil the nature of the result. I will say an improved performance from them, but against one of the worst teams in the NFL I still don't buy them, I think Miami probably beat them on on christmas day uh in the in the biggest game of the day. let's be honest i'm I, for once I'm really glad it's worked out of the order that it has six o'clock is a kind of perfect time post lunch to sit down and watch a game of football, <laughs> whereas you <yeah, clears throat> know neither the nine o'clock game nor the 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 late game are particularly worth tuning in for live. they're definitely going to be a highlights job for me, even on a boxing day where you know. There might not be a huge amount to do.
1: There's some interesting games that could be flexed in that final week, aren't there? Because it's Baltimore, Cincinnati, obviously Jets, Miami, potentially a Jaguars, Tennessee, and then Lions, Packers. They they could all have something on them in terms of you
2: know win and in kind of scenarios, which would be you know if you had multiple win and in scenarios, that would be fantastic. There's two games in Week 18 as well, isn't there? On the Saturday. That's I only seen that last night. Like there's two games so that'll probably take one division. And oh, is it's there? interesting. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's see, that's what I think. Like if Jags Titans ends up being, if that if the Jags continue on their push, um, mm. and we'll we'll mention them in a moment with Thursday night football, but if they continue on their push, I can imagine that becoming a Saturday game because not sexy enough in terms of TV ratings for Sunday night football, because at the end of the day it's the AFC South, but with a win and impossibility, good to have that one on the Saturday I still don't like the weak
1: teams who've got if you're just just looking at now you've got Bengals Ravens who would have a you know potential winning in scenario but Commanders Cowboys Washington might need a win to get in Packers Lions we just talked about Bill's Patriots Patriots might need a win to get in Seahawks Rams there could be something like that for the Seahawks Dolphins Jets is a you know could be a winning in the Chiefs are obviously in the playoffs but the Raiders might still be alive um Eagles-Giants, Giants might have something to play for in that game. Broncos-Chargers, Chargers would Chargers have something to play for in that game. Jaguars-Titans obviously could be winning in as well. And even the Saints-Panthers could be, you know, if the, if the Buccaneers struggle, the Saints-Panthers could be, a you know, winning in to win the division. It's, it could be an amazing final weekend.
0: I, uh, I didn't do a 49ers uh, Christmas gift. Uh, in the spirit of Christmas, I guess I can't really ask for a Jalen Hurts minor injury that would see him knocked out of the whole of January. Can I? Uh, So I will go for just the, the, the antithesis, a healthy return of Debo Samuel and good health across both sides of the ball into the playoffs. Cause I do genuinely think even with uh, the 262nd overall pick, the, the depth on that squad, if it stays healthy, can carry us to a super bowl, even with the Eagles looking as good as they have. Like, I'd say we, if we got to the NFC Championship game against the Eagles, the Eagles would be favourites, but I could see us winning that game. That's not like, a, well, it's been lovely up until this point, but now we'll get absolutely battered. So, uh, yeah, good, good health is my answer. I know it's a bit boring, but... Um, For a man yeah, who I'm... said that this was the cheesiest section of the history of the podcast,
1: he essentially chose <laughs> the world peace version of... Uh... <laughs>
2: Oh my god, man, can I just put a record here? Like, seriously, just putting record the happiness that man had when he was texting me on Thursday night after that Seahawks game. I actually was 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 delighted, absolutely bouncing off the walls. (laughs) Uh, Although, you
0: know, again, if I had a league wide Christmas wish, Sky Judge (laughs) personal fouls reviewable because those, some of those hits on quarterbacks that are getting way for personal fouls. That that Seahawks-Niners game went far deeper than it ever should have done, because the pick six where uh, both had a perfect form tackle uh, ruled out for being uh, uh, roughing the passer was unreal. I
1: don't know yeah. how you fix officiating, though, because the Bosa one, we had the Jalen Phillips one and the Chargers game last Monday mm-hmm. night, which was completely egregious. But then just just generally, I mean, there were some pretty bad calls in that Buffalo Miami game on Saturday night that that favoured Buffalo, and I'm not saying that, but there were some just some bad PI calls. There was a uh, intentional grounding that never got called, um, and then you look at the Washington Giants game. I mean, the, the the two, I mean, the Giants really got away with one, or got away with actually quite a few. And Ron Rivera was really annoyed uh, on a number of occasions, but the two most egregious ones literally came on on the fourth last play of the game and the last play of the game when Brian Robertson scores the touchdown and Terry McLaurin is called for not being on the line of scrimmage but then literally looks and points to the uh, to the to the side judge as if to say am I am I okay and the side judge literally gives him the thumbs up to say yep you're okay so they run the play McLaurin is called for not being you know on the line of scrimmage the guy the side judge literally gives him the signal to say yeah you're fine i mean that that in itself is ridiculous and then how that pass interference is not called on um you know, in the end zone on on uh, on the DB on Curtis Samuel is just uh, is just astonishing. And then even last night in the first quarter of the Packers Rams game, which was the only quarter I saw, um, Jalen Ramsey, I mean, has three bites of the cherry in terms of trying to yeah. You know, it it was defensive pass interference, it was holding, and it was you know, mugging I mean, pretty much, and and nothing was called. And you just think, I I just don't know how you fix these mistakes it because you know and look i don't think anybody's saying it's easy to be a referee or an umpire in the nfl i mean you're making incredibly quick decisions based on stuff that flashes in front of your face in a split second you know the the sort of the motor processing that must happen even to see whether catches were catches let alone holding or all of those sorts of things must be really difficult, especially the angles that you're you're sat at. It's fine for us to sit and watch six high definition replays and go, "Oh yeah, I think that probably is a penalty." And you know, but even so, I just don't know how you fix it or make it better.
0: I, I still I, I will i bang on the point, and I will keep banging on the point until it comes in. I still I, I watched how the XFL and the AAF brought in Sky Judge and made it work so incredibly well. And this idea it's going to take some kind of uh, some kind of power out of the hands of the officiating crews. And that's a bad thing when they'll just be a member of the officiating crew and you make them a part of the team. And, you know, you just have them that there is, we get replays so quickly in the NFL. And I remember listening to Mark Sanchez recently talking about the replays that they get when they're watching the plays back in, in the broadcast booth. And he was saying, not only do we have multiple angles from the off, we're not just seeing the broadcast angle, But what they do is when they go to the replay, what he's seeing in the booth is he's seeing them literally rewinding it. And so he says, I see the play from two angles. I then see it backwards. I then see it forwards again with everyone else when it gets replayed. And I just think that is enough time for somebody to go, Oh no, you've got that one wrong. Pick up that flag. Reverse it and just—they're they worried that it's going to be some kind of all-powerful deity. Well, guess what? If they've managed to see it four times, they know better than the person who saw it in real time in a in a bang bang situation. So, yeah, I um, the, the, this week was bad for it. I Last week there were uh, obviously a couple that were just absolutely horrendous. The Jalen Phillips one you mentioned was just disgraceful, and so yeah, that would uh, that'd be something that would be uh be pretty massive. From my perspective, um, let's move on and start looking forward to next week. Uh, Let's talk Thursday night football, first of all, because after uh, another win for the Jacksonville Jaguars on this resurgent uh, return to form, and a big one over the Dallas Cowboys as well, coming back down from a decent way behind against a New York Jets side who right now sat at seven and seven, having been what, six and two at one point this season. I think they've gone, that's right. I think they've gone five and two and five over their last seven games. Now I kind of, you know, the Jaguars with a with a proper legitimate opportunity to get themselves into not just playoff contention in general to get themselves a game off the top place in the AFC South.
1: Yeah I think it'll be fascinating Mike don't you? I mean a resurgent Jaguars team this is the, you know the, we talk about teams getting hot at the right time this Jaguars team behind a you know a quarterback who's now you know clearly reaching the levels that everybody expected him to do a good defense opportunistic defense and they're getting healthy Mike aren't they at the right time especially on offense you see that they're getting healthy and they're putting it together Doug Peterson's got that been there done done been there done that mentality and you know, if Lawrence continues to play at this level and above, I, you know, if you're Tennessee, you'd be you'd be nervous about uh, about losing the division crown if it if it comes down to that final game because they're they're hot and they're one of the, the form teams in the league. And to come back from a two touchdown deficit against the Cowboys and win it like they did was um was tremendous. And the, the, there's not a quarterback in the league playing as well as as Trevor Lawrence is at the moment.
2: Yeah, I think to even put up the amount of points against Dallas is one thing with with, with the defense. albeit they had, I, I know I know Dallas has some injuries, but what Doug Peterson has done in such a short period of time with that team is outstanding. To take them from the inept ability of Urban Meyer and frankly a season that put Trevor Lawrence not in danger, but you felt bad for him that he was in that experience in his first NFL season. What Trevor Lawrence was 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 able to do on Sunday, like is that the that's for me it's his best performance in the league so far. It was unreal. And you're right, they they control their own destiny. I have them winning the AFC South. I think they'll win the I, I think they'll win the last three games. I think they'll beat the Titans in week eighteen. And you were saying side, about, about about Miami and saying about how you know obviously you, you wouldn't fear them as much as like a Buffalo for example, but like by by any stretch of the imagination. But I, I think if they went up against a Miami team or a similar team in the AFC, the Jaguars I, I'm not counting them out. I'm seeing what that defense done the Dak Prescott and Sunday, and thinking, here we go. They're getting hot at the right time. And, and I guess that's the, bit, that's the main thing. This is the schedule of the gods on Thursday night football. Look, putting the Jets, who are in the playoff hunt against the Jaguars. Did they really think that in March and April, whenever they thought, oh, we'll, we'll put this game before Christmas just so there's something on TV for people? I mean, this is it's great to see. And it's a uh, look. I never thought I'd be sitting and saying, I'm going to sit up at two o'clock in the morning and watch the Jaguars against the Jets in week 16. I can't wait. It's going to be great.
0: Well, what I love about this Trevor Lawrence emergence as well is that the way that they're spreading the ball about, the way that, you know, Zay Jones having two huge games in the last four. We saw Evan Engram have like a 10-plus catch game for over 100-plus yards uh, recently. Also, the the, the kind of... Uh, for me, it was the bouncing back as well from that defeat to the Lions, because we all got very excited about them three or four weeks ago when they when they overcame the Ravens and when they played the Chiefs very tight, they beat the the Raiders, and we were kind of going, "This is this is a team who are really on the up," and then they get hammered by the Lions, and everyone's was like, "Oh." Good old Jacksonville. Now back-to-back wins over the Titans and Cowboys. You know, last year's AFC number one seed and the Cowboys, who many people have as one of the favourites going into the playoffs, you know, talking about them as a top three team in the NFC, top three, top four team in the NFC. And you, you said, Jets, very winnable on Thursday. Texans, although the Texans have suddenly started playing everyone mega tough in recent weeks, should be winnable on uh, on New Year's Day. And then Titans, I I really am starting to see that being the flex game if not to Sunday, then to Saturday on uh, on week 18 and I think that's I think that's great for the NFL uh, from Trevor Lawrence's perspective. I mean we literally uh, around about London we had a conversation maybe probably a couple of weeks earlier than that about at what point does Trevor Lawrence do we have to stop saying oh it's a second rookie season you don't count the first season Simon like at what point do we have to start saying actually you know is this Straying into bust territory, and then in the seven or eight weeks since then, he's just got better and better and better. It seems.
1: Yeah, uh, but also I think it, and you can. There, there are other examples around the league. Miami being an, uh, an absolute prime example is that look what happens when you surround players with with good talent. You protect them in terms of the offensive line. You know the Dolphins brought in Teron Armstead. The 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 Jaguars have have certainly increased uh, the talent on the offensive line. Whether it's through the draft or through through free agency, and then have added pieces at receiver and at running back. Travis Etienne coming back healthy. Obviously, he wasn't an, an addition per se. But, you know, you know, the Dolphins have added Jeff Wilson and, uh, and Raheem Mostert, Tyreek Hill, wide receiver, Cedric Wilson, Trent Sherfield, River Craycraft, and the Jaguars have done the same. They've just loaded up with talent and, and, and allowed. Um, Trevor Lawrence to to flourish and, and giving him a coach that that trusts him, believes in him, has worked with quarterbacks, and you know I, I just think that once you enable somebody to do that and you give them the tools to succeed, if they've got the talent which they clearly have in Lawrence's case, they're gonna they're gonna flourish, and that's what we're seeing right now, and it's it's great for the league. It's just I mean, if you if you have a team in the AFC that doesn't have a quarterback, you know you look around and you see crikey, you know Herbert and Allen and. Burrow and Tungavailoa and Lawrence and, you know, all these guys that are in my homes and, you know, the AFC is absolutely loaded with with quarterback talent. So if you're a team that doesn't have a quarterback, you're the Jets or the, the Patriots, sorry, um, then, you know, just you, please you look at it and you're <laughs> just like,
0: yeah. Honestly, we, we did the we did the maths on our radio show the other day uh, during the show. I think that from two two. To three years away from saying that we thought that the NFL was in its best position for quarterbacks in many years going into 2023 I think there are 14 teams out of 32 who know who their starting quarterback is in week one of next season like so for the Jaguars to have actually landed one and a guy that looks as good as he does when you know we all know drafting at the top end of the draft isn't that simple absolutely love it absolutely love that that could emerge and, and push forwards and, and yeah, realistically what a player he is turning into. So turn our attention to the the Christmas slate. We mentioned Christmas Day already. Dolphins, Packers at six o'clock looks great. Rams, Broncos. That is one where the antithesis of Thursday night football, they scheduled that for Christmas Day and went Oh, what a doozy. Russell really Wilson black. going up <laughs> against the Rams. Oh, no. The worst Christmas
1: present of all time, isn't it?
0: <laughs> I mean, Cardinals Buccaneers isn't a lot sexier, let's be honest. No. The Cardinals are one of the worst teams in football right now. But, but... You,
1: know, you know when you eat turkey and it makes you really sleepy? I hope, that, I hope, <laughs> you, I hope <laughs> the
0: sleep kicks in
1: just at about that time.
0: Oh, I'm going to have, be having double portions this year. Not that I don't do that normally, as you're probably aware, but uh, Delvin's Packers at six o'clock looks like a really intriguing game. And actually on Christmas Eve, we've got across the, the course of that evening. So uh, Ravens Falcons with the Ravens stuttering and the Falcons still in with a chance of winning the division. Similarly with the Panthers playing against the Lions who, you know, at this point, up to 500 and pushing for a, a, a pushing for a wild card berth chief Seahawks with the Seahawks kind of floundering and desperately in need of a victory. You've got both. The, we got the Titans in action. You got the Patriots and Bengals going head to head, both of which with playoff implications there. And then going into the late window, I think uh, 49ers commanders looks like it could be a really great game of football. And then Cowboys Eagles, it just could be Cowboys Eagles without Jalen hurts. Unfortunately,
1: Yeah, it's going to be interesting, isn't it? I I do worry about teams that go into the playoffs and and sort of rest a load of players and then have a week off and then you're almost expecting them to reload. It's like teams don't often perform particularly well coming off the bye. And I wonder if you haven't played for three, four weeks if you Jalen Hurts. I mean, the Eagles do look as good as anybody in the league, but uh, yeah. That's that's. I don't know what you think, Mike. Resting players. The, the flip side, obviously, is you know, hurts gets injured, especially the way he plays, gets injured and misses the playoffs.
0: Then that's not ideal. But yeah, I, I, I think they're basically they're basically uncatchable at this point, right? I know yeah. they've already clinched the division, but with the Cowboys losing this past weekend. I mean, in theory, the Vikings can catch them, but have you watched the Vikings play football the last couple of weeks, Mike? So, like, they'd have to lose out, I think, to to lose the grip on the number one seed. Yeah, it's
1: it's more just the not playing and the physical nature and the muscle memory of just not being in the game and not taking hits and whether or not three, four weeks out is a long time. If you miss the last two games of the season, plus the first week off of being the number one seed, and then a month later, you're back in action. That, you know, it's like a... That to me is a bit of a worry, but you know that's why I sit in, sitting in my kitchen in in Manchester, and that's why Nick Sirianni is the head coach of the Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles. So,
2: you know. it's funny though because like basically you've got th- th- this weekend, regardless who goes out of quarterback for forty Eagles, if they win, they wrap up the NFCs and wrap up the number one seed, obviously in in that sense. So for me, it's like okay. You potentially have a month off here. And yeah, I fully agree. Like, if you look at that Colts team years ago that had that time off and what happened then, I I think it goes away from the old Jalen Hurts thing. You've got multiple players there where it's like, well, do you put them on for a quarter, week 17, week 18? You have people saying, Well, they train every day anyway, but you I think you're spot on. You can't compare training each day or every other day to being in that atmosphere, being in that game time atmosphere. And I and I, I fully agree. You know, we're talking there about the Jaguars the Chargers, different teams that are not going to have a bye week if they get to the playoffs, they're going to be pumped, albeit a bit tired. They're going to be more fresh, arguably in terms of game experience, if Jalen Hurts was to take two or three weeks. But how funny would it be on Saturday if Garner Minshew went into Dallas and got the number one seed yeah, for Philly? I'd love Incredible. it. Incredible.
1: It would be good. Yeah,
2: I'm looking uh, forward to Christmas Day. It'd be good. That, that, that
1: early game will be a good game. Something on it at home in Miami. It's got, apparently it's going to be cold in Miami. It's like a 45 degrees or something. There's the long is a sort of long term forecast at the moment. I don't think it's gonna be a warm game. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I mean, for for Miami, it's certainly you know it's a three game season now. I mean, they're essentially oh and O. and there's really two scenario three scenarios. You go three and oh, you're in the playoffs. You go two and one, you're in the playoffs. But actually, if you go if you go one and uh, two and, uh, one and two, but that one win is against the Jets, you still probably get into the playoffs anyway. So yeah, it'll be a it should be, hopefully, be a, a beautiful Christmas tree. It'll be like, and if Tua can score the winning touchdown, it'll be like Jesus has come down and sat upon the top of my Christmas tree. <laughs> or something.
0: <laughs> Is that where Jesus normally sits? <laughs> Pretty much. I mean,
2: who knows? I don't know anything about like religion, but yeah, that's where I put Jesus, on top of my Christmas tree. If <laughs> How do I caption this into a Tua? Is Jesus thing for social media? Is <laughs> <it better? laughs> Not what i think. Uh, I,
0: I might have it uh lovely right gents uh excellent work as always appreciate your time uh, if it's the last time we do speak outside of some whatsapp berating of matt sherry and the patriots i'm sure over the coming days then uh have a wonderful christmas the pair of you uh enjoy it uh thoroughly drink and be merry as i'm sure we all intend to uh, and enjoy the football over the next few days
1: thanks willie happy christmas
0: nice, Merry Christmas. Christmas, guys. And don't forget, keep checking us out. Uh, social media, at Gridiron on Twitter, at UK Gridiron on Instagram. We're on TikTok as well. Uh, Michael does a fine job getting the, us uh, all that stuff up there. The other podcasts that come out from our, our group as well, The more and Connolly Show, uh, Tales from the Bay with myself and Nicholas McGee, uh, just running around like giddy school children about how much we love Brock Purdy. Uh, just There's there's lots of great content out there coming from Gridiron. So go enjoy. Uh, and yeah, if you've Got, you want to get away from the in-laws for for a few hours on Christmas, get a few bit of time away from the family. What better way to spend it than popping an earbud in and listening to us instead of them all that, yeah having an podcast, argument over a game of articulate? That podcast should be called Tales
2: from the Way. <laughs> <laughs> so and the new magazine's out by the way. The, 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 oh, yes. the new magazine is out Thursday before Christmas. Uh, you can buy it. Thanks, guys. Merry Christmas. magazine.
0: Uh, Uh, Lots of love, guys. Merry Christmas to all the listeners, uh, and we'll see you in the new year. Well, just before that, probably.